Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, February 4th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts today. Uh, Solo right now, but I should be joined by Big Marcel shortly. He'll be joining me hopefully halfway through the show uh, at the latest to preview the fights that we weren't able to uh, get to from a betting perspective on Tuesday's podcast with Cole and myself. There was like four fights that didn't have odds that day. We still broke them down. We still gave our picks. Having said that, you know, some things may have changed. So I got Marcel to come on today. I'm supposed to get him on in a little bit to go through those other fights. And uh, there are some updates to that card. So I'll hold off on that for now because I do want to get Marcel's thoughts on those fights. But uh, in the meantime, I mean, there's a lot of news to get to. So might as well get to that. Uh, some personal news, I guess. Might as well first. Uh Joined this website at mymmanews.com yesterday. So happy to be with those guys. Great team there. Cole's there. A uh, bunch of other guys that I have worked with in the past and a bunch of people I haven't worked with uh, before either. So I'm excited either way to join that website. I put like a call out on Twitter yesterday asking people basically if they, if they have any uh, writing work to do or anything really in MMA, um, give me a shout. And I got reached out by a few people. So it was, it was good. It was definitely positive that uh, some people reached out. So I'm happy about that. Uh, sometimes you got to take these things in your own hands. You know, I, I'm not one of those guys that uh, likes to make, you know, work searches public or whatever. But in this case, you know, I, I've lost a few gigs recently and I need to replace that income. So especially with a kid on the way in a few months. So, yeah, it's been good so far. But I just wanted to let you guys know, like, everything's pretty much the same with me. It's just uh, some smaller gigs I had to replace. Anyways, let's get to some news for today. Um, there's, there's a quite a bit of news. I mean, there, there really is. Uh, let's start with Conor McGregor, though. Might as well start with Conor here. You know, it's good we're going to start with this guy because uh, Marcel is here. You get all fired up. But uh, Conor McGregor wants to troll you for Dustin Poirier. Called for a, length, a lengthy Instagram post, like really long, really detailed Instagram post where he basically broke down the fights uh, with Poirier, the, the second fight. He wants the third fight, and I can't blame him. And... Uh, you know, Dustin Poirier has been kind of acting a little funny lately when asked about what he wants next. He's like, ah, I'm not interested in Chandler Oliveira. It doesn't seem like he's really even interested in the belt. He wants to be the best in the world, which he thinks he is now. He thinks he's done crown champ because Habib's probably going to retire and he just knocked out Connor. So I get that. But to me, this is all a ploy from Dustin trying to get some more money from the UFC. I can't blame him. I mean, you only have one career. Your fight could end after any. Your career can end after pretty much any fight. If you have a really bad fight, that could be the end of it. So I can't blame him for trying to cash it now because that's what I think he's trying to do. I think he's trying to get a big money fight, whether that's Conor McGregor or Nate Diaz. I think those are the kind of guys he'll probably fight next, rather than the guys that are deserving, like Charles Oliver, who clearly deserves it more than anyone. I think with the eight fight win streak, with the dominant win over Tony Ferguson, it seems like he's kind of being pushed towards the side right now. Uh, Michael Chandler is kind of like the new kid on the block and there's a lot of hype behind him. So he, it seems like he's almost pushed by Oliver, even though in the rankings, he's not ranked as high. He's like two spots below him. It feels like Chandler's almost got a little bit more momentum right now. Like you see Justin Gaethje, for instance, he's, he's another guy's top contender. He's ranked number two. I think he's, he's, he's out there calling out, uh, you know, these guys and uh, he's the one calling out Chandler, not Oliver. So to me, it's like, I don't know if these guys, they don't want to fight Charles because he doesn't have much of a name value. Or if it's because they look at him as a super dangerous fight, the second it goes to the ground, he can get your neck. He can get your arm. Fight can be over in a jiffy. So it's a dangerous matchup. It just doesn't feel like anyone's calling him out. 
again, he doesn't speak that much English. He's not a huge star, despite having like, what, 25, 30 fights in the UFC. He's been in the UFC for over 10 years. He fights all the time. I still feel like the fact that you're not seeing anyone call Charles Oliveira just shows that he's not at the same level as these guys for guys like Poirier. They want these big money, big name fights rather than the guys most deserving. So, you know, I love Dustin, but, you know, he's trying to clearly get the biggest fight here. And if he's trying to make it for anything other than that, I just don't, I don't believe it for a second. To me, he's trying to get the trilogy fight with, with Connor. Or he's trying to get a fresh fight with Nate Diaz, which are both huge fights. I'm not saying he doesn't want to fight um, Charles Oliveira. I, I'm not saying he's scared of him, like some people have suggested. Like he's going to tap him out or something like that. So he doesn't want to fight him. I don't think that's the case at all. I just think he's looking for the biggest paycheck possible right now at this point in his career. And, you know, having Connor go out there and publicly basically beg for the trilogy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally think that that's probably what's going to happen next. I think a lot of us after Poirier knocked Connor out two weeks ago, we automatically assumed it would be Oliveira or challenges based on what we know about MMA and that the number next contender is supposed to be next in line. You keep going at that. It's just that in this case, you know, Connor McGregor, they got to strike while they're taught. The thing about Connor is like, if he loses his next fight, whether it's against Poirier or Diaz, yeah, you'll still be able to promote him. But it, trust me, like if a guy, a guy who's lost that many fights in a row, no one's going to be too interested, I think, uh, with the mystique that he once had. You know, like I feel like Connor's really got to win this trilogy fight, man. If he loses this fight, he almost risks like being irrelevant. If he loses this trilogy fight, if it happens, I don't know if he'd fight again. I don't know. I mean, the UFC, I'm sure, would want him to fight again, but I just feel like at, if he lost again, I don't know if his price would be as high as, as what it is, you know, for the last fight or, or potentially for the next fight. I still think like the trilogy fight could do really well. I think it could probably sell like two million pay per views. Possibly more just because now that they're one and one, I think that there is that intrigue of what could happen the third time around. But I'm telling you guys, if he loses that fight, if Connor loses that third fight, I mean, I, I just don't be able, I don't want to be able to seeing uh, people drop like 90 bucks to watch him fight. I just, I, I think that the mystique would be gone at this point. I think it almost is in many ways, you know? Again, I think he's a great fighter. I think he still is. I think. He had a tough fight against a really great fighter in Poirier. So I, I think we're, some people are writing him off too soon. But, you know, we'll see what happens in this trilogy. I think this is going to happen, though, guys. You know, so a lot of people are going to be upset. I don't, I don't know where Marcel is. Hopefully he comes in soon. But <laughs> I'm sure he's not too happy about this. He's a purist, and I understand that. And the purist in me says Charles Oliveira should get the title shot. But I just don't think that that's what's going to happen. Anyway, speaking about, like, rematches and stuff, uh, Jorge Masvidal. He uh, pretty much laughed off Kamaru Usman's rematch suggestion. Usman basically said that he had like a broken nose in that fight. He wasn't able to perform uh, to the best of his ability. He wasn't able to get the finish because they had a broken nose. That was at UFC 251. So I, I can see why Usman wants this rematch, obviously, because it's a big fight. It's a big money fight. We saw how much money those guys made at 251. It's all about big money, guys. And, and especially in a sport like MMA where your career is really not that long, especially at the peak and the prime. I can see why these guys want to try making a buck off each other. Do I think this fight's going to happen next? I mean, I don't understand really what's taking so long to announce the Maswell Covington fight. The only thing I can think of, it's, it's definitely going to be the tough coaches, and that's why it hasn't been announced. Because otherwise, like, where are these guys? Get them in the octagon. Yeah, Maswell lost his last fight. But I think if he lost, if he won another fight, he'd be right there. Still, just because of the name value, because they sold that many pay-per-views to that card. So... The fact that Usman's out here calling out Masvidal recently, and he's not calling out guys that are 
you know, deserving of fresh fights, deserving like Stephen Thompson and Leon Edwards. He's not, he's not really mentioning those guys. He's mentioned Mazardal. It's just more proof. It's all about these big money super fights, which I have a few more to get to here. To be honest with you, I'm looking at my, my itinerary here and it's just all these super fights. Everyone's calling for a super fight these days, guys. It's, it's weird. And I get these comments, Dan Weber's battle fan's going to go off. Yep. I'm just waiting for Marcel. He's, He's finishing work. I hopefully can get here, like you know, next. Hopefully, in the next fifteen minutes or something like that. I hope um, he, he'll definitely join us. It just he's running late because he's at work right now. Um, Kevin Scott, the car Connor Casuals will still buy his fight because he's 50, until he's fifty because MMA's awesome. He's the only fighter you know. Kevin, I agree. They'll, they'll still buy in, but I feel like like the floor from a Connor fight is like at least like what a million, million two right now. I think it would drop a little bit. You know, a couple hundred thousand, I believe. You can't keep losing fights. People don't stay interested. It's just, it's just a fact of life. They'll still be interested in this. Like, I mean, for instance, Anderson Silva when he fought Chris Weidman, he got knocked out, but they were still intrigued to see what would happen in the rematch. And he broke his leg. We all know that. Once he started losing his fights, he, it's not like he was ever as big of a pay-per-view as Connor draws Connor. I get that, but he still sold a decent amount of pay-per-views. Once he started losing, they really couldn't even promote him on as a main event on a pay-per-view anymore. So, you know. It's one of those things you got to you have to win sometimes, and he won that Cerrone fight, and that's why this fight did so well. I still think the Trolley's going to do well. It's possible he could do better. I'm just saying, if he loses that third fight, I don't think Connor's going to be as relevant as he is uh, right now. Where I still think he is one of the the biggest names, obviously, in the sport. Anyways, all right. Speaking about the super fights, this one's hilarious. Fabricio Verdum's calling out John Jones. So Fabricio. Just basically said, I'm going to take him down, submit him. Uh, he thinks he's a bad matchup for John Jones. He did give Jones some credit. He said he's predicting him to win the UFC heavyweight title. Uh, Fabrizio thinks he's going to win the PFL heavyweight title. So his goal is to have a cross promotional super fight between the PFL and UFC champions. Now, I'm reading the article and I'm like, man, super fight. Like this term gets thrown around a little bit too much. Don't get me wrong. I actually think this would be an interesting fight. We just saw what Verdun did to Gustafson, who gave Jones his toughest fight ever, probably. So, you know, I, I think Jones is a much better fighter than Gustafson. I think Jones would be a big favorite against Verdun. But then again, so was Gustafson. And Gus got taken down and beaten by a bigger guy, and he got submitted. Jones is tall. He's going to put on weight. He says he weighs 250. So I think that's the difference between him and Gus, that the, the strength and weight. I think he will actually be able to compete with these heavyweights. I just think it's funny how all these guys are still, you know, calling for the super fights. Even when they leave the UFC, Verdun's not in the UFC now. He left to go to PFL because he wanted to make the million dollars win the tournament. And I don't blame him. That'd be sweet. But it's just funny how he, he leaves the UFC and then he's out there calling out John Jones. Uh, I just think it's funny. Like I said, though, I, I think they'd be an interesting fight. I mean, Fabrizio is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. He's got amazing wins. Came Velasquez. Pedro Milianenko. I mean, the guy is one of the greatest heavies of all time. There's no doubt about it. He sounded a little bit overconfident when he was talking about beating John Jones. He basically said there's no doubt he'd take him down and beat him on the ground if he came in good shape to the fight. 43-year-old Verdum, he's still a dangerous guy. I think he's one of the favorites to win that PFL tournament, but fighting John Jones, I don't know. But again, it's just funny how these guys, you talking about super fights and uh, another super fight, and this one's actually going to happen, so... Jan Blahovitz against Israel. Sorry, what I found really interesting about this fight, as Sonia came out, or his coach, I should say, Eugene Bierman came out yesterday and said, they are not going to actually gain weight. They're not going to put on muscle for this fight. They're going to go in basically fresh with no weight cut. 
So basically, whatever he fights at 185 at, like the day before, like whatever he weigh in the day of the fight, that's what he's going to weigh in this fight. He doesn't have to cut the 20 pounds. So it's interesting. I mean, the guy's already looked incredible. He's already proven he can go five hard rounds. He hasn't really shown many flaws in his game. I think it's cardio and speed are going to be the big keys to him winning this fight with Jan, which I think is a harder fight than people were suggesting. I think a lot of people were like, oh, this is an easy fight for Izzy. I mean, the guy's been amazing. He hasn't lost yet. It's very difficult to say he's going to lose this fight. So a guy like Jan, who's mostly been a gatekeeper throughout his career. I mean, now he's a champion. He's a he's a beast now. But throughout his career, he's been very beatable. I mean, a guy like Patrick Cummings beat him a few years ago. So there's a lot of holes in Jan's game. Having said that, what I found most interesting about the interview was not really them talking about Israel, but when they talked about Jan and Eugene Behrman said, we know Jan is the stronger man. He is the naturally stronger fighter. We know that. We are not going to try to be as strong as him. That's why I don't want Izzy gaining weight. I don't want him putting on muscle and stacking muscle. We just want to fight naturally because they're already admitting that Jan is the stronger man. And that's something I'm going to keep in mind when I make my pick for this fight next month because as good as Adesanya is, he is not a light heavyweight yet. And unlike John Jones, who's moving to heavyweight and he's bulking up, he spent the last six months plus putting on muscle to weigh 250 when he makes his heavyweight debut. Izzy's not doing it that way. I'm not saying it's a bad way to do it because a lot of guys have had success just not cutting weight. They stay up a weight class. Like, for instance, Frank Yeager, the guy who's fighting this weekend, when he fought at 155, cut no weight at all. And he was a champion there. So I get that. But it is risky when you're stepping up a weight class and you're not putting on that weight. I'll give you a perfect example. Dustin Poirier against Max Holloway when they fought. And everyone thought Max would win that fight because Max was on such a roll at lightweight, goes up a weight class, and you could see the difference. You really could. Not only did you see that Poirier was the stronger, bigger guy, and, and 10 pounds doesn't seem like that lot, but to these fighters, like that 10 pounds turns into like 20, 30 pounds. So 20 pounds, you know, because of just the, the way that weight cutting works. So Dustin was the much bigger, stronger guy in that fight. In the rematch, in the first fight too, but in the rematch especially. And Max's power didn't carry up either. So yes, Izzy's knocking guys out at 185. He knocked out Costa. He knocked out a bunch of guys. Whitaker. He's super precise. He's precise. He's super technical. He's got that pinpoint accuracy. He can hit the guy in the right spot and put him down. So I think he's like an Anderson Silva type where he's always going to be that long, skinny type of dude, but he's always going to have that KO power. That's what I think is going to happen. But how do we know what's going to happen? We haven't seen him fight at 205 before. And, in fact, some of the fights he's had at higher weight classes in, in glory, for instance, we saw him get KO'd by Alex Bahia. I don't think this is as easy of a fight as some people are saying. Quite frankly, I think people are not giving Jan the credit he deserves. And, you know, this is a guy who's always an underdog. Everyone says he's going to lose every fight, and he always wins. Like, he's won seven of the eight last, last eight fights, and he was an underdog in almost every one of those fights. So, don't sleep on Jan, guys, especially with this weight thing. Like, this is throwing me off a little bit. I assume that Izzy would put on a little bit of weight just to match him, but he's not doing that. So it, it kind of makes me wonder what's going to happen. I'd love to hear you guys' thought, thoughts are on that one. It could be a good game plan. He could go in there just completely fresh and just basically stay on the outside, pick apart Jan, beat him to a pulp. It's possible. I could definitely see that happening. That's what the odds are saying. Wouldn't surprise me at all, though. If Jan goes in there, Jan just clinches him, pushing at the fence, makes a dirty fight, takes him to the ground in it. Of course, the legendary Polish power. That power carries up. Kevin Scott. Two trends I noticed when smaller guy moves up. Lighter guys and underdogs usually win. I'll find my research and email you over the next few days. Sounds good, Kevin. 
I know what you're saying. Listen, it's it's possible. I mean, and the thing in this case, he's not an underdog. He's a big favorite to win. He's like minus 250 or something. So the odds makers are suggesting he'll be a big favorite to win this fight. I just think that some people are overlooking on him. And the weight thing's definitely throwing me off. Oh, baby. There he is. <laughs> What's up? You out of breath? <laughs> Sorry? Are you out of breath? <laughs> oh, man. Horrible day. You know, uh, let's hear about Marcel's work. day. Talk to us, Marcel. Oh man, just a, a lot of work, a lot of extra stuff, you know, and a lot of people uh, ordering packages, you know, now with the COVID thing. And uh, it's just like, I mean, when I saw already what I had today, I was like, I'm not going to make it till uh, on time. So um, okay, Marcel, I was no hoping, worries. but yeah. I'm glad you're here now, man. Yo, go and retweet it if you can, so your followers can jump in. They can see Sleepy oh, Marcel. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Let me grab this uh, comment here from Daniel. Izzy plays a dangerous game. It requires you to land a lot of his offense. Yan is live. I want Izzy to win, but I love the Izzy story. I was just talking about Marcel before you jumped in. Yeah. Eugene Behrman saying that Israel's not going to put on any extra weight for this fight. He's just going to come in natural. They're admitting Jan is going to be the stronger fighter. What do you think about this game plan? He's not going to put on any weight. Remember when Dustin fought Max Holloway, he put on no weight, and, he, and you saw the difference between the weight classes. What do you think is going to happen here with him going in as a 185 against a 205? Yeah, it's, it's difficult, man, because I think uh, if you look at Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier, they are both very they, – they, uh, they can match each other, I think, you know. But, uh, for example, uh, Blahovic, I really like him, but I think overall Israel Adesanya is a more – uh, complete and probably more, um, how do you say that, uh, has, has more technique, I think. So if it comes to landing a hard blow, probably uh, it will be more effective than when you probably are equally, how do you say that, equally weigh in. But um, I, I don't, honestly, I think Israel is just too, too, too quick for him, you know. So Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I said. That, that's what I think. That's what I think. I said the same thing. I think the speed is the key. That's why they're keeping lights. But I'm just saying, Marcel, like there's a difference between getting hit by a middleweight and getting hit by a light heavyweight. It's a big difference. And we saw what happened when he fought Perea, for instance, in glory. He got KO'd pretty bad. That was a while ago. It's MMA. It's kickboxing. Anything can happen in these sports. I just think, Marcel, I mean, people are sleeping on Jan a little bit here, Marcel. He's a really good fighter, man. That's true. You can see, for example, man, Luke Rocco, when he went to light heavyweight, he got sleep, slapped by uh, Jan Blahovic. Uh, Chris Weidman got slapped by Dominic Reyes, light heavyweight. But yeah, you can say those are uh, those are the top tire right now in at light heavyweight, you know. But yeah, Jan is, is, is the champ, you know. So uh, <laughs> we will see. I'm excited for that. So I didn't do the breakdown yet, Marcel. I just was doing news while I waited for you. I already talked about Connor, so... I already know you're having a bad day. We don't have to talk about Connor getting this trilogy fight title shot with Dustin Poirier. Don't worry about it, Marcel. It's going to happen. Don't worry about it, Marcel. Don't, 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 get, don't get too angry about it. I know you're a purist at heart, Marcel. This is going to happen. You saw Connor's post. They're going to do the trilogy fight, Marcel. Just give me your thoughts. Yeah. I, I know you're going to get upset. <laughs> you, you saw Dustin's post with uh, uh, it's going to happen a third time. And I react. I replied, like, I can get behind the Dustin versus Max 3 with a, with a winky eye. So, um, I mean, it's going to happen, but it shouldn't happen for a title at this moment. In my opinion, if Dustin fights for a title next, it should be against Oliveira. And if he doesn't fight against Oliveira, he can fight Conor, but not for a title. But we all know what the UFC is going to do. Yeah. Um, because Dana makes the fights the fans want. You know, he always makes the fights the fans want. Right. He also I love when they say that. <laughs> yeah, he also made Conor against Poirier too, because the fans wanted it. But he didn't want it. They wanted it. Conor, Conor and Dustin wanted the fight, you know. 
So they always, uh, they always they do the UFC wants, but yeah, I just I you know I said the I literally said the same thing five minutes ago. I said Oliver deserves it. No one's even talking about him now. It seems like he's kind of just been pushed to the side. Let me get this comment. Daniel says, "Thank you, Marcel. Postal workers make my business possible." So there you go, Marcel. Kevin Scott, uh-huh. I feel like the early career struggles really influence a fighter's lines for their entire career. That is so true. Jan's really good now. People see his bad losses for a few years ago. Fade him, dude. I was just saying he lost to Patrick Cummings, who is a terrible fighter. I'm sorry, but he really wasn't good. He lost to him, Marcel. He had taken down at will. This is not that same guy, Marcel. This is a better fighter now. This is a better version of Jan Blachowicz. Adam, I picked Devin Clark to beat him in Poland back back in the day, and he uh, had him in a sort like a schoolyard headlock. He like, right? Yeah, yeah. He choked him out standing or whatever. So I was like, I expected Jan to lose and to get cut from the UFC at that moment. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I, at, after that fight, I think it's only where 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 we went up. Only lost to Santos, I think, but all the others he won. Dude, I, you know, I just completely agree with what Kevin was saying, though. It's so true, Kevin. Like, especially looking at Jan's career, I'm looking at it right now. His first fight in the UFC was against Ilya Latifi. Dude, he was a big underdog to win that fight. Long, long, many people thought he would win that fight, Marcel. Everyone thought that Ilya, he was coming off that fight with Musasa where he showed a lot of toughness. He went the, the distance. Yeah. He got destroyed. And then he he. So he goes in there, he beats him, gets on the upside. And then the next two fights, he loses to Corey Anderson, Manoa, beats Pekriyach, who wasn't very good. He loses to Gustin and Cummings. Everyone thought he sucked. He was two and four in the UFC. Since then, Marcel, he's won seven of eight. And he's been, the, sorry, eight of nine he's won. Sorry, eight of nine, even better. And he was the underdog in almost every one of those fights. Luke Rockhold, uh, Corey Anderson, Dominic Reyes. Um, I think he was even the underdog to like Manoa when he fought him the second time and Cannoneer yeah. and stuff. So... Marcel, this is a guy that people don't appreciate enough, but you know, yeah. this is not the Jan Blahovitz, uh, you know, lo- loving podcast. But I just want to give the guy a little bit of credit. Go ahead, Marcel. Yeah, the thing is just that in the beginning, the fights that he lost, uh, uh, the fight that he lost as well against Manuel and Anderson, well, bloody horrible fights. You know, those were all both were decisions. I think and were, horrible, were horrible. You know, so people remind that. But yeah. you got to see. The some some fighters improve improve heavily, yep. you know, and Jan is one of those guys who put it all together, you know. And man, has he become somebody, right? So um, I'm happy for him, and uh, I think he gets he gets more and more and more respected by the fans right now, you know. It's uh, in the beginning it was like I, I remember before the Reyes fight, everybody was like everybody was on Dominic Reyes pretty much, like ninety yeah. percent of the fans. And honestly, I expected Dominic to win as well, but. Um, yeah, Jan won, and he did it in, in perfect fashion. So all, all credits to him, and I'm glad that uh, he um, that that he came back after uh, going two and four in the UFC. And uh, look at him now, man. He's one of the best in the world. He's the best in the world, actually, at 205. He is. Let me grab this comment here from JCSO. He says, if Izzy isn't cutting weight, Jan could have 20-plus pounds on him. That's a huge difference in MMA. Dude, I agree completely. You know, I'm not saying he's, he's making a mistake by doing this. We're going to have to see what happens, Marcel, but... Like, that is a big difference in MMA. The difference from, between the, the top 185ers and the top two, 205ers, Marcel, 20, 30 pounds difference. Like, it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And let me get Cole's comment. He says about the Oliveira. He's not going to get title shot, guys. He turned on Chandler, 257, 258. You'll have Dana say his usual speech of, uh, you have to answer the call. I didn't want to fight, so he's passed over. Dude, it's so true. And it's funny because a few weeks ago, he was like, oh, no big deal. He couldn't cut the weight twice. We're not going to hold it against him. Watch them hold it against him now, Marcel, and be like, oh, we oh, all threw a sure. fight 258. He didn't want to fight Chandler. 
Listen, Dana always say I I offer fighters three fights a year. He offered Oliveira already too, so that's what he's gonna say. So he says he he doesn't want to fight. That's what he's gonna say. One saying. week's notice against a guy who's amazing, he's gonna have to cut weight again in that short. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That is, oh man. Okay, um, I like I said, I want to get to the breakdowns. Just a few other notes here, Marcel. Um, yeah. James Vick retired. Uh, yeah. After losing five straight fights, I think, uh, or four yeah, or five straight fights. Uh, yeah, we think... talked about that on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you're not surprised though, eh? But no, nah, honestly, I, I hate to say that a fighter has to retire. You know, it's not my choice, but. I think Vic uh, saw uh, his last five fights and he was like, I got stopped in four fights. And he didn't look bad in the first round at all against Andre Fialo on, on Saturday. But he got uh, beat up in the second, man. And um, hey man, if he feels it's time to go, he should probably go. So yeah. that sounds very much Dana White is sorry, man. Ugh. What happened? <laughs> when I say that. <laughs> you got, you got, you, are you sound like Dana White? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, okay, this is a perfect segue. Um we're, okay, we're going to get to the breakdowns in a minute, but I, I want to talk about this because this happened last night. AG Fight did an interview with uh, Maluco, Marcus Perez. Did you see this? I, I no. posted it. Okay, go to my Twitter and check yeah. out the article. I, I posted it last night. <laughs> He's begging to be cut. He's like, I don't believe I don't, I don't belong here. I'm not, I'm not good enough for the UFC. Please cut me. That, look at it. He says, kick me out. Look at his thing. You see it? Yeah, I see it now. Yeah, I've just been through your, Dude, through your page. Dude, he's making the matchmakers' life easy. They're saying we're going to cut 60 guys. He's begging to be cut. I feel bad for this dude. He's, he lost all his confidence, man. You've never seen a guy beg the UFC to cut him. He's like, please let me go to a smaller show so I can work on my skills. Like This guy's begging to go back to the LFA, Marcel. Like, he doesn't want I to mean, fight the UFC. If he wants to do that and he can become a better fighter, let him, man. I mean, why mm -hmm. not? You know? Uh, yeah. And if you think like uh, he, he improved, get him back. I mean, you all right? I, 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 just, I, I mean, you just don't see guys going publicly say, I want to get cut. Like, unless it's Mark Hunt. I, Who's got a legal issue? Like you don't see that happen, you know. Yeah, look at look at Ismail Nordiev. You know, uh, Nordiev said as Dude, well. Dude, what like, was he cut? He's a good fighter. Uh, Why was he cut? He he asked he has to be released. Oh, he, he said like, um, I have to work a lot on my ground game after the Sean Brady and the Chance Rancounter fight. He's like, I have I have to uh, work on my ground game more and more. And he's like, um, let me please go to 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 other shows in Europe, uh, uh, train more. Uh, do better, and I want to be back in, in two years or something. And so, yeah. And he's okay. still young, you know? I like him. I mean, he had that nice win against uh, – who was it against? C CR? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked really good in that fight. I like him. Dan Edwards, I hear you guys regarding Oliver, but MMA is a game of leverage. Oliver should be software enough to be prepared to accept fights in unideal conditions. It's not the ace side, unfortunately. Great point. I mean, he's right, Marcel. He is right. That's how Dana looks at it, man. If you're not the ace side, we're not going to, like, let you dictate the terms, you know? Yeah, I'm not, saying it's, right. I'm not but, saying it's the right way to do it, but <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't support that. I understand it, but I would never support it. Absolutely. Okay. Jose Flores, one of your guys here, he says good morning, asking about Arjun, Bull Arjun Buller and Adam Ditska. Yeah. Arjun Buller was supposed to fight Brandon Vera for the one championship heavyweight title, but for some reason that hasn't been announced yet. So, but expect something like that to be announced soon. What about and Adam uh, Ditska? I don't know. Is he? He's a Canadian guy, or yeah, 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 heavyweight. Or something? I think, yeah, I think he he lost that fight uh, surprisingly to Serial Gun and and Gun's first right. or second fight in TKO, TKO right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm I'm aware of him too. Um, I pretty much ha have most of the news covered here. Um, uh, but uh, one other thing, Marcel's gonna hate this one. Vitor Belfort, he's calling out Chris Jericho, the wrestler. <laughs> you see that? 
No, they don't. I know you hate that stuff, but one championship has to deal with TNT now. They do the AEW wrestling. You're going to see some crossover. You saw Cejudo go there a little while ago just to have some fun, and Mike Tyson was there. You're going to see some crossover. Don't be surprised. You see Vitor Belfort turn into professional wrestling. I'm a big Vitor Belfort fan, so he gets a pass from me. Dude, if he wants to do that, isn't it a better yeah. thing for him than fighting? Yeah, right of now? course. Of course. You know, yeah. he's 43 years old. Like, he's been – his last fight was against Machida. I think he got KO'd three years ago. 2018, he hasn't fought for one yet. You know, what's mm-hmm. he waiting for? When are they going to give him a fight, man? It's, have you heard anything? Know. I know he's yeah. supposed to fight that Alan Nagari guy. Galani, who, who fought Roy Cork uh, last And week. he got destroyed, right? They wanted Vitor yeah. to knock him out, obviously. Hope that <laughs> Vitor versus Roy Cork, <laughs> that'd be a funny fight. Won't happen, yeah. though. They'll probably give him a veteran. I just don't know who it's going to be. Um, okay, so let's get to the UFC 18 preview, Marcel. There's some fights that I wasn't able to get to with Cole from a betting point of view from the other day just because we didn't have odds for them. We have odds yeah. now, so let's go through them uh, quickly here, and you can give me your pick, um, sure. tentative pick, because you're part of the MMAOddsBreaker.com pick and pull this year, Marcel, and I think you're actually in first place to a month, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're in first. First or second? Right. Beginner's luck, as they call it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, man. I mean, uh, let's see in, in March. I'm probably not on top anymore, so. <laughs> no, it's hard, man. Dude, MM, like I was talking with Cole the other day, picking fights has gotten harder than ever, I think. Okay, yeah. so we gave our, me and Cole gave all our picks on Tuesday. Please go back and watch that podcast if you missed it. But there was a few fights, like I said, without odds at the time. One of them was a bandway belt between Cody Stamen and, and – uh, sorry, featherweight belt between Cody Stamen and Asker Asker. Cody Stamen right now, Marcel, minus 450. Asker Asker, plus 360. We both picked Stamen. Um, but what are your thoughts on this one uh, after the odds were released where he's a huge favorite? Do you think Asker Asker at plus 360 has some value as an underdog? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, <laughs> that's a little bit too too steep for me, man. I, I But I would pick Stamen in this fight. Stamen has experience in the UFC, uh, knows how to win a fight. He also knows how to get Rob off a fight against Song Yadong. So, um, I mean, that that draw was horrible, man. I had a 30-27 for Stamen. And Song Yadong got a point deducted, so I had a 30-26. <laughs> That's crazy. I, know. I still remember. That was crazy. But um, let, let's stay on topic. I'm sorry, guys. No, um, uh, yeah, you, you, you look so serious when I said that. So, I don't know. No, I was, uh, reading, I was actually just reading something in the background. Sorry. Okay. No problem. <laughs> Um, now I'm picking Stamen, man. I think uh, Askar Askar is a good fighter, but he, he belongs in band and weight, uh, as does Stamen, you know. But Stamen had, had some experience in UFC at 145 already. Um, I, I would pick Stamen any day, man, in this yeah. fight. I mean, would be weird to go with Askar Askar in this one, although I think Askar Askar is, is a big talent, just like his uh, brother from another mother, Askar Askarov. But um, yeah. They gotta fight at some point at one thirty-five or something. Like, <laughs> Catchweight fight. We gotta see the best Asker. You should. You should look at the topology. How many Magomets Magomedov on there? That's it's, crazy. You know what's funny? I was I was writing an article about uh, PFL the other day, Roy McDonald, and I said he uh, he had he had he he had said that Ray Cooper the third and Magomed Magomedov were possible opponents. So I wrote that. Then I went back to it and I'm like, Magomed Magomedov. No, wait, no, it's not Magomed Magomedov. It's Magomed Magomed Karimov. <laughs> I was yeah. like, So I had to go back and, and, and change it because I was I thought about the Bellator guy, the, the Bantamweight who had defeated Peter yeah. Garn in ACB. So I thought that was funny. Let's get some comments here. Oh, this guy, Nevro. Hey, what's going on, man? He says, I'm behind the chat, but Izzy's different from the Max. Cardio and the lack of damage. Winning the rounds again, making the KO. Very possible. And again, he's a huge favorite. 
Have you been to the Netherlands? The angle on the stairs are unreal. Marcel lives there, man. He lives in uh, what's the street, city again, Marcel? Maastricht in the yeah. south. There you go. And Marcel staying nice and safe there during the protest. Cole, this is funny from Cole. I was in first last year and then tanked. Dude, <laughs> I've been first like halfway through the year and then just went south. So it's tough. But I think Marcel's going to do really well. He's obviously extremely knowledgeable. Daniel Ever saying Stamen asked her not to go the distance. It's plus my. You see a finish, Marcel? I picked Stamen by the no. season. I took him by decision. Just decision. Yeah, me too. I think Stamen is not really a guy who finishes a lot. He's really a guy who, who likes to grind and uh, who likes to 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 uh, uh, implement his will on his opponent via wrestling. So yeah. I expect Stamen to to win a unanimous decision. Yeah, he'll stay on the outside and just kind of win on points, just kind of like he did with yeah. the fight with uh, I can't remember who it was two fights ago. Who was it again, Marcel? So, you just mentioned it. What wasn't Kelleher? I think so, yeah. That's exactly yeah. Did he finish? He didn't finish him, right? He just won. No, nah, I didn't right? finish. He didn't yeah, finish. that's what he does. He wins decisions. He wins. He's kind of like he's not the most exciting guy, but he does he does what he does well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Jose said, how much does Chandler saying yes to everything UFC offered him increase his chance of fighting for the belt? Uh pretty good, I think. I mean, he's did everything they've said asked him, dude. Can you come way in to fight at two fifty four? Sure. Can you fight uh Dan Hooker three months later? Sure. Now he want. He, I think he he said yes to Oliver. Did he say yes to that fight on short notice? Yeah, he did. But yeah. the thing is, what, what I, I mean, he's a good fighter. Don't get me wrong, man. But he, it's it's like he's Dana's new sweetheart at life. Absolutely, dude. I, he's I always mean, got a new guy, right? He's always got the new yeah. the new girlfriend or the new boyfriend. He's got yeah, yeah. Paige Van Zandt for a while, Sage Northcutt. Now Michael Chandler's the new guy, but he's a much better fighter. That's the difference. He's actually yeah, I that's think, true. He's getting a line with a guy who's uh, already proven himself to be an absolute beast. Having said that, I, and I love Michael Chandler, Marcel, he has yeah. lost a bunch of times in his career. He's lost like four or five times. He's been KO'd a few times too. Would it surprise you at all if he goes and gets exposed by a guy like Poirier or Gaethje when you see that yeah. he's not that level? No, of course not. But, but the thing is, uh, why does Chandler accept a fight against Charles Oliveira on two weeks' notice? This is pretty simple, man. I mean, Poirier said in his, in his uh, post-fight interview that he's not going to fight Michael Chandler. He needs a big, uh, a big win after this win he got against Dan Hooker. So if he fights Charles Oliveira and he wins that fight, he's 100% in line next for a title shot. You know, The thing is, for Charles Oliveira, he should have been already having a title shot. You know, so he has nothing to gain in a Chandler fight because if he loses to a Michael Chandler, people will say, oh, he was 1-0 in the division and he lost to Dan Hooker or he won against Dan Hooker where Poirier won against Dan Hooker, for example. So there was nothing to win in that fight. And even tell me, if he defeats uh, Michael Chandler, will Charles Oliveira get a title shot? I'm not sure even about that. You know, maybe they go Poirier, Connor 3. You know, yeah. so, I mean, Chandler has a better chance to get a title shot when he wins against Oliveira than Oliveira has a, has a chance to get a title shot when he wins against Chandler. That's how yeah. I look at it. Yeah, I agree. I just think at this point, it's going to be Connor Dustin, and we have to figure out the rest of the division, quite frankly. Okay, so we're, we're done with that fight. We both picked Steven by decision. Another fight that was uh, announced, we did talk about a little bit the other day, but we didn't have odds, so we have odds now. Timur Valley of your boy, minus 365 against Martin Day, plus 305. We expected him to be a big favorite. I don't think this line is surprising. Martin Day, Marcel, 0-3 in the UFC. He put some post out saying he was going to get cut. He took it on short notice to do him a favor. That's what Cole was saying. It was like a favor for each other. Does he have any chance to win it as a plus 300 underdog? Can he Can he win this fight? Hey, 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 hey. Team of will wrestle fuck Martin Day. <laughs> That's going to happen. I, I know you love him. He's your boy. 
it's not even not even that, you know, because for example, when he was supposed to fight Valiav against Arte, beautiful fight, but I didn't want to see one of them lose, you know. So uh, I mean, uh, Martin Day, I have always no disrespect to him. I didn't mean any disrespectful, but I think uh, Valiev is more talented, and I expect Valiev to get it done with its wrestling and maybe even ground and pound. We will see what's going to happen, but. Uh, this is a fight to win for Valiev. If he loses this fight, man, Martin Day is, is definitely back in, in the UFC, man, because this is maybe the UFC hasn't valued Valiev a, a, a lot at all at this moment, but I think he's a pretty good fighter, man. So um, yep. uh, I would Valiev all the way in this one. Decision. Yeah, I agree. And I think he'll be, oh, Yuri is a big favorite. He'll, he should win this fight. You know, I, I think it's stop Martin Day, actually, probably. I, I think he's guy's a finisher. He didn't get the finish against Trevin Jones. He could have. Had your 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 uh, friend referee Chris Taoni stop that fight? Actually, speaking yeah, of refs, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Let's talk about Chris Taoni. And every time I got a chance to 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 uh, to be nasty about him, let's nah, just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, we have to talk another about him. That's so funny. No, I was gonna say Kevin uh, Scott, who's uh, always in this chat. He mess. He sent me an email last night saying, "Did you see uh, Joe Rogan talk to Mark Mark Smith, the referee?" I did. I watched the interview, dude. That guy is wow. I mean, there was. Fighter pilot? Are you kidding me? I had no idea about that. Did you know that? No. Dude, I mean, yeah. that's it. He is one of the best referees. And when you hear him talk, he's all about his craft trying to get better. He's like a Jason Herzog type. I love these refs, man. I always, I got to say, man, I was never a fan of his. But the last two years, he has been a real good he's referee. He's gotten really good. Yeah, he's the Jan Blachowicz of referees. He's yeah, better. definitely, man, definitely. <laughs> I, I I have to apologize to be uh, be uh, not being nice about his refing like two years ago or something. I thought he wasn't a good ref at all, but he showed the last two years that he's improving and he's probably one of the best refs in the UFC right now. It, uh, in MMA at all. I agree, and it just shows that refs can actually get better. And <laughs> we know refs can get worse, Marcel, because we know there's a few mm -hmm. refs at the top that have gotten way down. Don't need to yep. name names. Don't need to slag them right now. Let me get this call from Jose. You guys remember seeing uh, Volkanovski the first time you see and hearing about him? What were your thoughts coming up? You know what, man? I just, I honestly had not heard about him at all, I'll be honest. Um, I knew he had a great record coming to the UFC at that point. The thing is, like, even though I cover the sport, uh, you know, full time, there are so many new fighters coming in. Every card, there's a new card every week with 24 fighters on the card, usually 12 fights, right? So there's so many fights to break down. I remember when he came in, I just saw his record and thinking, okay, this guy's good. His first fight, he, knocked, he finished the guy in the ground and pound. But I remember even a few fights in, people were thinking Jeremy Kennedy would beat him, for instance. So people weren't really sold on him despite the record. I think it's when he knocked out Mendez and stuff, and then people realized he was like legitimate contender now we know he's one of the greatest fighters in in the world at 145 um what about you marcel what did you know anything about him coming up or i tell you something funny man i remember when he had his first fight book against uh, john tuck and that fight was taking place on the lamas against bj pancart in, in the philippines so i was searching for a picture of alexander volkanovsky and i couldn't find a good picture for my uh, so that's where i was I, I didn't know about him i'm going to be honest i didn't know about him so then i found a picture but that, that fight got cancelled, that whole event got cancelled in the Philippines. It was fight night 97, I think. Yep. And uh, he he debuted against a Japanese guy, I think. Uh, he, he, yep. I, I don't know his name His anymore, name is but... uh, Yasuke Kasuya. Kasuya, yep. yeah, exactly. So I remember that. And uh, I remember he, he also fought Shane Young, which is now his teammate, right? Yep. Um, I picked Jeremy Kennedy against him, I'm going to be honest. And Kennedy had no chance. Um, 
I mean, and Canada got cut after that fight, and he was three and one or four one in the US. He's absolutely crazy. But uh, and back then, maybe it wasn't that crazy because Volkanovski wasn't a big name at that moment. But if you remember what he has done since then, it's absolutely amazing. So yeah, yeah all props. But you you got to see, man. I'm from uh, I'm from the other side of the of the world, man. Netherlands, Australia, New Zealand is the other side of the world. So only if somebody is really more popular and I'm more active on social media now. So if somebody like that comes up, I'm probably know about him, you know, and I'm doing my research on it. But back then, wasn't uh, really um, active on social media at all or something. And I was more, uh, not really that totally. And I was into MMA, but not like crazy as I'm now, you know? Absolutely. And you know what, dude, I'll be honest. Like, this is a guy that I've been sleeping on pretty much his whole time in the UFC. Even mm. when he fought Aldo, I saw I was actually at that fight in, in Brazil when he fought Aldo. I thought he would lose that fight. I saw the fight in Mac. I was in Vegas and he fought Max. I thought he'd lose that too, Marcel. It's literally not until he beat Max that I started really believing in him, despite the record. I still thought that you know he could he could lose. I picked him against Mendes too. I did pick him there, but in general, this is a guy that I think a lot of us, even people like me, Marcel, that do this like all like full. Like, this is our life. We love this. Even guys like us. We didn't realize how good he was, and now we know how good he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Can be honest about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, get this comment too. He said, "What are the thoughts on the two new Asian fighters signed uh, this week? Who they signed, Marta? Are the two brother and sister uh, or something? Is that what it was?" Nah, those are uh, from from the academy. Let, let me check. I, I have sure. their name somewhere. Um, I posted about it, so I should have it somewhere here. No worries. Let me. It's those are difficult names. So <laughs> okay. it's a. Uh, it's it's a guy who will fight at at flyweight, but he is like seven 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 feet one inch tall or something. Okay. And as a girl, as a girl, we will fight at straw weight. Um, and one one guy is, has a nickname the Mongolian Murderer. That's an awesome uh, nickname. Oh, yeah. You, you check topology if you want. Maybe you can find him. Then I will search for the girl. Okay. Mongolian Murderer. Mongolian Murderer. Let's see this guy. Oh, Mongolian murdered. No, I don't want to read that. <laughs> Mongolian murder. Okay, Keelang Iori, 18-6 yeah, record. Him. Let's see what he says here. 18-6, he's wearing a Reebok shirt, 27 years old. He's on a six-fight win streak. Okay, so he's a WLF Wars veteran. That's their big promotion there, right? WLF, yeah. the, all those fighters. He's fought uh, He fought Grigory Popov and lost by submission to this guy five years ago. Grigory Popov. He fought Eddie Wineland in the UFC. He also fought Kakara France and lost the decision to him. He has no notable wins. He just has losses to guys that I've recognized. Yeah. Check um, your DM uh, on Twitter. I, sure. I, I sent a tweet. You can see the girl as well. Sure. What's her name here? Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I, saw, I saw this picture. I saw you, you post. I just didn't honestly didn't read their names. Um, Na Liang, 14-4. Listen, man, I'm, they need new prospects from that region. So, I mean, it makes sense. Um, anything you want to say about that, Marcel? Or no? no, man. Let's see what let's see what uh, they're gonna do, man. It's uh, it's fun that they finally have some uh, some Chinese fighters coming from that yeah. uh, from the thing that they're having in the in, in China for the UFC, the headquarters over there. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Let's see if they can do something in the UFC. We we saw that uh, Alatang Haley is also from from there. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm intrigued, but uh, I don't know yet. Yep. Okay, so, yeah, Ali Alten, not a bad fighter. He just had a tough fight against Casey Kenny, I think. Okay, yeah. two other fights I want to talk about. This one, Devontae Smith, Justin James. Again, we had talked on the podcast, me and Cole. We both picked Smith. We didn't have odds at the time. Now we have odds. And right now the odds, Smith, minus 
290, James plus 245. Once again, the last three fights where I asked you, they're all big favorites. In this case, can James win? I guess it'd be a first-round finish, right? That's the way he'd win. Are you picking him or no? No, I'm not picking James, man. I think um, this is also a fight at 160. You know, you shouldn't remember that. Yep. Uh, or we should remember that. And I think Smith has a big advantage in that. Uh, if James wants to win, it definitely will be first-round knockout. But I think um, Devontae Smith probably learned from his uh, fight against Kama Worthy. Uh, will will uh, be more uh, passive in the beginning, not going full in. And after that, he will probably take the fight. Maybe a, a late second or third round stoppage for, uh, for Devontae Smith in this one. I think it's probably end in the first round, honestly. A lot of people are saying that, too, the under one and a half. I don't think the fight goes long, man. There's too much power between these two guys, and I think their chins are both questionable, quite frankly, too. Uh, Devontae Smith, we saw what happened to Kama Worthy, Marcel. He was a minus 1,000 favorite, and he got knocked out yeah. in devastating you, fashion. Go ahead. You don't think he will be a little bit more hesitant uh, in this fight? because he Maybe, got, uh, but I just think the first. way when I've seen him fight, Marcel, the way he fights, yeah. he just goes straight ahead and... You know, his defense is not great, but he's got a lot of KO power, vicious KO power. By the way, right. Jose says he wishes Gillespie would still happen next weekend. You asked about that fight the other day, uh, Jose, I remember. All right, Marcel, one other fight in this card, and this fight actually is a brand new fight. We weren't able to break this down because they just announced it this week. Ode Osborne against Jerome Rivera. So I'd like to get Crazy. your thoughts on this fight. It was announced on about three or four days' notice. <laughs> Ode Osborne, minus 185, Jerome Rivera, plus 160. And I think... Nick Kalikas was the first guy who kind of saw this fight, and he's, he tweeted, or the big boss man over at MMA Osbreaker. I remember you were the first guy that they were asking, Marcel, is this confirmed? They always ask Marcel, he's the first guy. Who's your pick in this fight, Marcel? So can I do a little story before before I give my pick about this fight? Absolutely. So the, fun, the funny thing is, this fight was supposed to happen on January 30. Uh, the, the event that got, that got uh, pretty much, yeah, fizzles, you can't say canceled because it was never official, that event. Um... This this fight should have was supposed to happen. Ode Osborne, Jerome Rivera at 125 flyweight division. You know, the UFC took Rivera from that fight, made him fight Francisco Figueiredo on January 20th. Rivera lost. That was a flyweight fight. Ode Osborne got rebooked one week later, February 6th, so on Saturday against Denis Bondar, and that was supposed to be a catchweight fight at 140. Now Bondar is not fighting. I don't know the reason. And uh, Ode Osborne meets Rivera at 145 pounds. 145 pounds. So it's actually crazy. This fight should have been happened one week ago at an event that didn't go through. And that would have been on 20 pounds less, on 125. And now it's on 145. Yeah. So um, it's pretty much a hard fight to pick here, man. I think uh, it's pretty even. Uh, if I have to look at the past, I think Ode Osborne did very well in the Contender Series. Uh, he lost to Brian Callagher, where he, I think he was a favorite going into that fight against Brian Callagher. Uh, he lost. Rivera Rivera hasn't impressed me so far, man. Yeah. He's also not in the contender series. He he, he, he fought against that uh, South American guy. He won a split decision, but I thought he clearly Oh, he should have lost that fight. That was a bad decision. Yeah. yeah. That was a horrible decision. Yeah, indeed. So uh, then he he lost against Tyson Nam, right, in his UFC debut. And uh, he lost against Francisco Figueiredo. He did well in the third round, but he lost the first two rounds. Um, if I have to look at at this, um, for Rivera, probably if he loses, he's he's gone, I think. Uh, Ode Osborne, I would take Ode Osborne in this fight. Probably a decision. Will be a close fight, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird fight because it was supposed to be on 125 and it's on 145 now. 
Yeah, this is a weird ass fight, man. Like you said, just the, the cancellations, the fizzling, as you say, instead. Um, the weight class up 20 pounds now. So it's supposed to be a flyweight two weeks ago or whatever. That's so weird, eh? Or a week ago, I should have been really. Um, mm. You know, the thing is about this fight, okay, so with Rivera, right? I remember when he fought, uh, was it uh, the last fight when he took on uh, uh, Figueredo? The thing that I was looking at and a lot of people were looking at was the reach because he has a long reach and height. He's 5'10, 72 inches. So he's a very tall guy for this division. The problem with him in this fight is Osborne's actually uh, longer. He's one inch reach advantage. He's three inches shorter, but he is longer. He's also a southpaw. So Rivera, he has the southpaw advantage and the height and reach generally, but not in this fight, Marcel. That's the problem I have because I think he actually could win this fight. I would not bet on this fight, guys. I would stay away from this one. It's way too risky. It's too risky. And this is exactly what Tyler's saying. He's saying uh, Rivera's a height and reach against most guys, but flyweight doesn't know how to use it. Dude, it's true. In this fight, he doesn't. He actually is slightly disadvantaged in the reach. One inch, not, not a lot. The height, three inches, though. All right, he has a three-inch advantage, sorry. But the, the reach, he's disadvantaged. So I don't know, Marcel. I, you know, I have to make a pick here. I'm going to pick Osborne, but this is a really hesitant pick. He hasn't yeah. fought in over a year. He had one fight. He got finished. He hasn't looked that good. The other thing is, he's a guy that, if you look at his record, Marcel, it's mostly first-round finishes. What happens if he doesn't get the finish in the first round? Does he gas out and does Rivera, who has really good cardio, pick it up and, and win a decision? Uh, this is a tough one, guys. It, it is, um, especially the short notice. I, I, I slightly, slightly lean towards Osborne, but it's it's so slight. And, you know, the odds right now, plus 160, to me, it's like a pick and fight. So I don't blame anyone who wants to take a shot on Rivera. It's just that, you know, this guy hasn't looked that good. It's it, You can't trust him enough to, like, pick him, but – there's no way in hell I would recommend betting on Osborne, who's a fought in a year in a, in a bit at minus one eighty five mark. So that's that's crazy. So I agree with you. That's my thoughts on that. So again, Cole and myself, we went through all our picks. We gave all our picks. Um, have you finalized your pick for the, picks for this card yet, or I I know who I'm going to pick, but I haven't uh, I haven't sent them in. No, of course, of course, we still have you know two days. We have the weigh-ins tomorrow. That that could change things. Um, did you want to give some of your picks out now? Did you want oh, yeah, to share? For sure. Okay, yeah, so for sure. again, you know, don't. Do, okay, it's tough to say because we only have ten minutes left. I can't get you to break them down in depth, Marcel. I'd love to. I love hearing your thoughts, but I can't. Uh, just, just ask like three, and I give you three. All right. Well, main event. I mean, your your boy Overeem, the 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 native Dutchman, the flying Dutchman, taking on Alexander Volkov. Me and Cole broke it down. I picked Overeem. He picked Volkov. I think Overeem's going to take him down and ground upon him. Cole thinks that Volkov's going to use his distance. I think he said decision or maybe late TKO. But I think Overeem will weather the storm, take him down, beat him up like Augusto Sakai, finish him. I like him at underdog money. What are your thoughts? Overeem, man, I'm not picking because I'm biased. He's from the Netherlands, not at all. I think uh, I think Overeem has more tools to win this fight, in my opinion. I think yeah. he's a, he has a better ground game than Volkov. Um, listen, man, striking, we all know his chin is a little bit up, you know, but... I expect Volkov to take. I expect over him to take down Volkov and to pretty much try to do what he did with uh, with Sakai and what he tried to do with Rosenstruck, you know, and uh, pretty much grab, maybe grind our decision or TKOs him with ground and pound. That's what what I expect to happen in this one. Uh, Volkov, yep. everybody knows, man. I love the Russian fighters, but Volkov is one of the most unimpressive fighters to me in the UFC. And Russians, so yep. he's good, but he's not. He, he doesn't specialize in anything, in my opinion. So um, he's good, but uh, I, I would pick over him in this one. Although, yeah, 
It's a difficult fight. The, the chin makes it tough because we yeah. saw the, the Rosen strike. He was dominating that fight, Marcel. He was four seconds away from a, a unanimous decision, yeah. and the chin. Imagine Ofrin with a with a better chin, man. I mean, I know he'd be the best fighter in the world. By the way, Jose says Volkov's pronounced the muscle. But, uh, the thing, the other thing I like about Ofrin in this fight is he trains with Blade. That's his main training partner. Yeah, they just fought. He'll tell him exactly what to do: take him down, hold him here. You know, Smart, and, smartest thing ever what Ovarim did is and I, go I think, to elevation I, and throw Oh, I place. agree. Great, great move for him. But I think, you know, Blades is Blades finished over on the ground. His he's got nasty ground pound. I think Overeem arguably has better ground pound, especially lately. His ground pound is amazing, Marcel. It's some of the best in the sport. And the thing about Overeem, he's got some of the highest fight IQ in the game. He's extremely smart in the cage. Yeah. It's just that his chin is really bad. So he could get caught in this fight and get knocked out. Wouldn't surprise me. But are you kidding me, Marcel? He's a plus 165 underdog. I don't understand those odds. He opened as the favorite. It means it flipped. So people are betting on Volkov. They think Reams will get it knocked out. And again, it wouldn't shock me. Obviously, it's a heavyweight fight. Oh, but I do so. like uh, like Reams. Um, I should mention, I didn't. I think I forgot to mention this earlier, but just Shayson were no fights off the card. Any replacement opponent for uh, for Shayson here or no? I, I have the feeling they – no, no. That, that fight is going to happen on February 27th. Oh, they, put, they postponed it. Okay. But, <laughs> but um, man, the UFC should put out more uh, updated cards, man. I mean, we still don't know if it will be a five-fight main card I know. or a six-fight and they're going to bump up something. That's really annoying to me. I know. I'm in a pool where we pick the main card fights and the, and the fashion stuff. We, we're only seeing a five fights right now. We're waiting. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, there's great fights. So how about this fight? This one is super intriguing, Marcel. Diego Freheya against Benil Dariush. Um, basically, it's a pick of odds right now. I actually picked I picked Freheya. I picked him to win by KO. I know it's kind of crazy. I think Benil Dariush has too many holes in the strike defense. I think Freheya's striking has improved a lot. I think he can catch him. Cole picked Freheya too by decision. What's your pick? Absolutely hate this fight because I love this fight and I, I think it's a great it's so fight. so good. So, yeah. Um, you gotta, uh, you gotta uh, look at both guys. I mean, Benil Darius, a very good ground game. Stand up is getting better, but it's not top notch. I think Diego Ferreira, very good ground game and very good stand up as well. So you got, can cross something against each other away, and then we got the Ferreira stand up. And I think Ferreira stand up is better than Darius. And I think if Ferreira tags him, he's gone. And yeah. really hard tags him, he's gone. Um, so you're, listen, you're saying man, a knockout I would, too. I picked knockout. Yeah, right? yeah. Listen, man, I wouldn't be surprised if Darius wins this, but I'm taking Ferreira TKO second round. Boom, that's dude, bro. We're on the same page with that. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I love both guys. I just yeah, see Ferreira, Ferreira as a much more polished, clean, technical fighter, I think. And and I think he's got sneaky power of ourselves too. We saw remember when he fought Mirabek Tysonov, who everyone thought was gonna outstrike him, he dominated him for three rounds. I Except for that. you, you were the one. Yeah, that I picked. picked uh, I, I got, I got shit for that. But people are like, "How oh, can you not pick Tyson?" I was like, "Man, Ferreira is on, on, on the roll right now, man. I can't pick against him, and I think he, he can win this fight, man." I know, so, I know. Uh, yeah. I agree. We get one of my few good picks two years ago. Good pick, Marcel. Jose says, "Why isn't anyone asking about what happened to Clover, dude?" People are scared, Dana. The, the the reporters they have are the reporters they know will ask Dana fluffy questions for the most part. There's some good reporters that were on Fire Island, but in general, he's. They're putting in people that they know that they aren't going to ask tough questions. They're asking them, yeah. oh, didn't the UFC – how good of a year did the UFC have? How much money did the UFC <laughs> Dude, and we hear every interview. There's certain <laughs> reporters that – they're not really MMA reporters. They're like general reporters. That's the first question. They suck up to Dana, and then they ask him about Jones and GSP. They don't ask him the stuff that we want to know about Glover and stuff. Yeah, you send me to file, and I'll ask him Dana White that, yeah. and I'll ask him why he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> <We're gonna> <laughs> <say> <laughs> 
Oh, Dana, I first want to thank you for, for a great uh, 2020. Dude, why do we say that? Like, why, <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Listen, why is... we're all grateful for, for Dana. I mean, of course. Listen, for, for everything bad he's done, the guy really has helped the sport grow. So yeah. we're all grateful for having employment and, and, and a career in this business. But you, I really, Marcel, I hate it when they're like, Dana, great event. Uh, you did such a great job. Great job with your team. It's like, so why are you sucking up to the guy? Just ask him a freaking question. I don't think he gives yeah. a shit. Um, let, me, let me grab these questions quickly. Uh, Gail says, uh, Glover is not that interesting question. It's pretty clear about Pasto. I mean, we know that. And then Jose says, uh, hey, update on Tysonov. I haven't heard anything. Marcel, uh, we don't have much time, but you haven't heard anything? He's not in the UFC anymore. No, he got man. cut, yeah, or released or whatever. Um, we got like two minutes left, Marcel. Give me your thoughts on these really quick. Two fights that were announced. Um, and I'm going to – let me pull up the big Marcel page right here. Just two, just two fights. And uh, give me your quick thoughts on these two. Let me pull it up one second. The first fight, Marcel, is uh, – where is it? Arnold so, Allen against Cody Cuse. That's right. How'd you know? There you go. <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> um, I like the fights. Both guys, top 15 fighters. It's a tough fight, man. Arnold Allen has been on a roll for years now, it seems like. For like six years, he's been undefeated. And then Yusuf has been incredible. I kind of favor Yusuf a little bit, though. I think he's got the striking advantage, and clear striking advantage. What do you think? I mean – I'm going to get some shit from English people, but Arnold Allen finally gets an opponent that will challenge him, actually, in my opinion. I mean, I know we fought against Melendez and against Nick Lance. Both guys are great veterans, but are not uh, top-notch in the sport anymore at this moment, you know? So, and Arnold Allen, let's be honest, he's ranked number eight. He never defeated a ranked fighter. That's how is he number eight in the world? Are you kidding me? Yeah. What the hell? I don't know how that happened, but no disrespect to him. I think it will be a close fight, but I also favoring Sudik here. Yep. And then the other one, this is the one everyone's talking about. Yeah. The clown show, Sean O'Malley against Thomas Almeida. Listen, Thomas Almeida, dude, when he was in legacy fighting uh, championship, LFC, I think it was called, right? Dude, yeah. he was the best prospect. I thought he was a future champion, Marcel. Even in the UFC, when his first four fights, he knocked out Brad Pickett on the crazy card with the uh, yeah. Roy McDonald fight. One of the craziest card. That main card might have been the best main card of all time, by the way. 189. So, yes, amazing card. Amazing event. Knocks him out. And Garbrandt knocked him out. He's never been the same since. He's on three-fight losing kid. I'm not a huge O'Malley fan. I think he's super overrated. I, I think this is a fight he's going to knock out Maiden probably. He's just way more technical. What do you think? Yeah, man, it's it's possible, you know. I think uh, Almeida can win this fight as well, but O'Malley probably takes it. Definitely, uh, this is again... Listen, man, I don't want to talk shit about Sean O'Malley, but let's be honest, man, he always gets the strikers, you know. He always gets the guys who want to stand up and bang with him. Fight a wrestler for once, man. Fight a yeah. guy who also mixes it up, wants to go to the ground. I want to see how good this wrestling is, how good this BJJ is, you know. I want to see that. And Almeida, probably going to stand and bang with him. We saw what he did against uh, Jonathan Martinez last time out. We saw what he did against Rob Font, against Jeremy, Jimmy Rivera. So, I mean, Almeida hasn't been the same since his loss to Cody Garbrandt. So, um, yeah, let's see what happens. I don't know. Perfect. I forgot to put on Damon Jackson against TJ Laramie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, my boy know. MMA Lock of the Night broke that one. I saw that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, he's Laramie's a Canadian guy. So is Lock. Uh, I like the fights. Uh, it's a must win for both guys, quite frankly. They both got to win. Laramie's going to be the favorite, obviously. He's the big prospect. Yeah. But we saw what happened in the Minner fight. He can get finished. And uh, Damon Jackson, nasty. He 18 choke. We saw against Versailles Bektich. All right, Marcel, that's it for the podcast. We have, like, no time left. Would you like to plug anything and, and, and give a shout out to anyone? Go ahead. Yeah, man. First of all, thank you for having me again. Um, always cool to be here. Um, I want to thank um, 
guys, MMA DNA. Uh, also check out our website, MMA DNA Dunnell. Um, Big Marcel twenty four Twitter Instagram for UFC MMA, just MMA updates in general. My my Instagram account is mostly for UFC updates, and uh, my Twitter account I use for everything MMA, every organization. What's uh, what, what's fun to, uh, to to see and to to write about? Um, yeah, Adam, that's it, man. That's good, man. Yeah. All right, perfect. Um, and thanks again, Marcel, for joining me. And Tyler, we wanted to say thanks. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Martin. Be back Monday morning, ten a.m.